Welcome to Quick Hits, the only podcast that gets you smartenized. Today's episode, it really is slippery. There are a lot of logical fallacies. If you just Google logical fallacies, you get a very long list. And most of the things on that list are always fallacies whenever they're used. But several of them are only fallacies in certain contexts. For instance, appeal to authority is a logical fallacy, but only if the authority you're appealing to isn't a legitimate authority. If you want to make a point about, say, astronomy, and you were to quote Phil Plate or Neil deGrasse Tyson, well, that's not a fallacy because they are really authorities on that. On the other hand, if you were to quote, oh, say, me, then that would be a huge fallacy because I'm curious about that stuff and I read and study a lot about it, but I'm not even an expert, much less an authority. Quite often when you're discussing politics and saying, well, if this particular thing happens, then that's likely to result in that particular thing happening down the road, people who disagree with you will often say, well, that's just a slippery slope argument that has no validity, and try and brush you off that way. Well, slippery slope is sometimes a logical fallacy. For instance, when Pat Robertson said that if gay marriage went through, it would lead to people having sex with ducks. Well, first of all, I think the number of people that do have sex with ducks now, it's a fairly small demographic, and I don't think gay marriage is going to affect that one way or the other. Although I'm really glad that he said that, because it inspired a really cool video by Garfield and Oates, And if somehow you missed it, just go to YouTube and type in sex with ducks. And it's a lot of fun. And if he had never made that stupid statement, you wouldn't have that cool video to laugh about. But there are a lot of other times and a lot of other occasions when slippery slope is not a fallacy. Because the people that you're referring to use slippery slope as a policy. It's their business model. Take, for instance, a very reasonable request that was made back in the 60s and turned into a law. You have to have smoking and non-smoking sections on an airplane. All right, hard to argue against that. And if back then somebody said, you know what, if you put this through in another 30 or 40 years, you won't even be able to have a smoke in a bar. People would have laughed at them. They said, it's a slippery slope. That's stupid. And look what's happened. And when smoking bans in bars and restaurants and other private enterprises became ubiquitous, folks like me said, you know, it's not going to be too long before they start going after people in their homes and in their cars. And the nicotine nanny said, nah, we'd never do that. And of course, that's exactly what they're doing now. But rather than talk once again about the tobacco bans, and I know you're probably getting sick of hearing it, let's talk about another nanny organization that has epitomized the slippery slope and gotten laws and legislation passed. Let's talk about 
Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Now, first of all, let me state up front, I'm a parent, I have twin daughters, and I just cannot imagine how horrible it must be to lose a child. It's just got to be the most horrible thing that can happen to you in your life. And it's probably magnified by a factor of 10 when you lose a child because somebody else was being an asshole. And there was no good reason for it. Some idiot decided, oh, I can drive drunk, and they kill your kid. That's got to just rip you up inside. That's got to leave you deeply damaged for life. And my heart really goes out to such people. I really have a lot of sympathy for them. But deeply damaged people should not be setting policy. Now, the first thing that MAD did, well, made sense. They said, okay, we want to enforce the drunk driving laws because they were being widely ignored or people were just being put back out on the streets. And we want to raise awareness so that the general public doesn't just kind of poo-poo it and say, hey, drove drunk, it's no big deal, which was somewhat the prevailing attitude with a lot of people. Okay, that's fine. So they did that. But that was just the start. Next came the 21-year-old drinking age, one of the stupidest things that we have ever put in place. If you're 18 years old, you're considered mature enough to sign up for the military, which is literally a life-or-death decision. You're saying, I will risk my life to take this job. And you're mature enough to do that. And you're mature enough to get married. And you're mature enough to buy a house. But if you do any of those things, you can't celebrate by having a beer with your buddies because you're not mature enough to handle that. It's just flat-out stupid. And it is a direct result of mad. But they didn't stop there. The next step was to redefine drunkenness. Originally, a blood alcohol percentage of 0.10 was impaired, and 0.15 or higher was intoxicated. And admittedly, those were probably a little higher than they should have been. But now it's been lowered so that 0.08 is drunk, which means a 120-pound woman that has two beers is legally drunk. That's ridiculous. And it's even worse in some places. In Washington, D.C., any alcohol, 0.02, half a glass of wine, can get you arrested for driving while impaired. Matt has gone on to do things like encourage states to outlaw happy hours, and they've had some success in that. They tried to stop a country club in Texas from getting a liquor license. They are really just prohibitionists. They're just doing it slowly, baby steps, the slippery slope, the boiling frog. All these things are perfect analogies for the way that these people operate. And of course, government does this too. Slippery slope is one of their favorite ways of getting things done, including making the government bigger and bigger and bigger. It started, of course, with the 16th Amendment. The Founding Fathers wisely forbid an income tax, and we stupidly overrode that with the 16th Amendment. And the first income tax was in 1913. It was 1% on income over $3,000 and a 6% surtax on incomes of more than $500,000. And if you account for inflation, 
you really had to be earning an awful lot of money before you even worry about income tax. And I'm sure that back then there were people saying, you know, if we put this through, government's going to end up sucking down a quarter of our income and then a third and then a half. And people back then said, ah, slippery slope argument. Never happen. In 1936, a government pamphlet explaining Social Security said, Beginning in 1949, 12 years from now, you and your employer will each pay three cents on each dollar you earn, up to $3,000 a year. That is the most you will ever pay. Yeah, we all know how that worked out, don't we? Now, sometimes the government will propose something that is so outrageous that when they instead take away a bit less freedom, people say, oh, that was so much easier. It's almost like a reverse slippery slope. For instance, in dealing with drunk driving, there was an idiot legislator in New York State, where I live, who actually proposed a law that would have forced every car in New York State to have a breathalyzer ignition interlock. You'd have to blow into it to prove you weren't drunk before you could start the car. And this was not for people who had a history of drunk driving. This was for everyone. And even wrote that it had to be retrofitted into used cars before they could be resold. This same particular idiot, and I don't have his name in front of me, and I'm not going to bother looking it up because it doesn't bear repeating, but this same particular idiot weasel put a law through this year, or is attempting to put a law through this year, that would ban any restaurant from using salt. Period. A thousand dollar fine every time a chef adds salt to food. This would, of course, put bakeries out of business. It would make it impossible for delis to make their own pickles. And people said, oh, that's ridiculous. That'll never happen. And it didn't. At least it hasn't yet. But Bloomberg one of the biggest nannies in the country, is trying to implement this type of thing in New York City. And the FDA has just announced that they're going to be working with food manufacturers to gradually reduce the salt in their food. Yes, I'm sure it will be a cozy, beneficial relationship, and there'll be no force involved. But isn't that pretty interesting? They're talking about we're going to just do it gradually, a little at a time. So your food won't taste quite as good this year, and then it'll taste a little worse next year, and then a little worse the year after that. But you'll get used to it. They haven't actually used the phrase, but they pretty much announced that slippery slope is the way that they're doing business. That's their policy, folks. So, folks, don't let anybody just write off when you are having discussions about either non-governmental nanny organizations or the government itself. Don't let anybody say, oh, that's just a slippery slope argument. Because, folks, slippery slope is their favorite way to get what they want. And that's it for this episode of the Quick Hits Podcast. If you've learned a little something, if you've changed your mind, or even if you can just understand a different point of view without necessarily agreeing with it, congratulations, you've been smartenized. The background music that you're hearing is from the Aquamarines. You can go to aquamarines.com and pick it up. From them directly, they've got a new CD out as well. 
I think the next show I'm going to do is Ask Dave. I've got some questions that are piling up. So please, if you have any questions, send them in. They can be serious. They can be frivolous. They can be goofy. I'm actually getting more serious ones and some tough questions, too. So feel free to send me the frivolous and the goofy. That's hitman at davehit.com. And uh, if you just go to davehit.com, spelled with two T's, you will be able to find my email address all over the place. It's also in the MP3 tags of this file. If you like vampire stories and you hate sparkly vampires, go to bloodwitness.com. Download the novel. It's free, but it's really cool. Check it out. It's a lot of fun. That's all I got for you this time, folks. So the only thing that remains is for me to remind you that the Quick Hits podcast is little more than a journal of one man's opinion and therefore should not be taken too seriously. Seriously.